Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, when your parents are constantly on social media, who should pay for a bridesmaid's dress, the colleague who copies everything you wear, and how to stay friends after a breakup? Our first question this week. Dear Viv, I'm in my mid-30s and an expat of many years now. My family and I have always kept in touch via the usual ways. Skype, text, email, Facebook. In fact, I've wanted to ditch Facebook many times, but I know it's important to my folks and offers a valuable link to what everyone is up to. My parents, long divorced, enjoy the updates. Sure, my dad clicks like on everything I do, even if he has no idea what it is, and my mum comments on things in her mum way. I've learnt to filter the audience of things that I post, but I also appreciate that every like and comment is a sign that they're interested in me and love me, so that's how we stay connected. Recently, both parents have joined me on Instagram. Again, I realise this is their way of sharing the everyday moments in their lives and enjoying the same in mine. Instagram is fun, so why not? They might comment on every picture, even when it's something I've posted for work or PR. But hey, I've learned to be happy that we can share in those things. But Viv, while I'm trying to be reasonable and see the parental love in their cyber following, I now know my parents troll my Twitter feed as well. Is there any way I can ask them to just leave me Twitter without hurting their feelings? I rarely tweet about my parents, but I use it in a different way than they do, like talking to a different audience. It's a step away from my in-real-life relationships, a platform where I can network, rant and vent and ask for advice. I talk about my single life, about feminism, I connect with people in my industry, and I really don't want my folks jumping in here too. And I don't want to have to start parent filtering what I tweet. I have so much guilt being so far away from family. But come on, is it unreasonable to want my Twitter left alone? And how can I broach this kindly? Many thanks, Parent Trap. Oh, Parent Trap, I love your very modern letter. This is a real sign of the times. You live abroad and social media is a real lifeline for your parents. 
In some ways, I can't blame them for cyber-stalking you. I would miss you too. But I also feel your irritation. You want some personal space. I'm kind of guessing that might be why you moved away in the first place. I do want to bring you up on one tiny thing first. You say, I know my parents troll my Twitter feed. And I don't think you quite mean this. You mean they monitor your Twitter feed. If they were trolling you, I would have to give a whole different answer. But the problem here is not that they're bugging you exactly. It's that they're invisible but omnipresent. It feels like they're monitoring your every move. You don't feel like you have any privacy. So what we're talking about here is how to set boundaries on social media. And I think you have a choice. You could choose to accept the fact that it's a free country or rather a free world, seeing as you're abroad, and your parents are free to do whatever they want online just as you're free to post whatever you want online. You could choose to use social media, bearing in mind that your parents do read what you write and living with the consequences of that. I'm not entirely convinced that you can't cope with this option. After all, you already do it on Facebook and Instagram, and that doesn't seem to have worked out terribly. On the other hand, if you want to change things, you could choose to have an honest conversation with your parents. Say, I love knowing that you're there on Instagram and Facebook, but I'd really appreciate it if you didn't follow me on Twitter. Or if you can't face saying that, say, I need to use Twitter for work. It's fine for you to read it, but promise me that won't be the place where we interact. What is stopping you from saying this? Similarly, you can always change the rules of engagement on Facebook and Instagram. Can you do it maybe with a sense of humour? Say to them, I'm officially barring parental comments from now on. Send me a DM instead. But I sense an ambivalence in your letter and I wonder what's really bugging you. Is it that you actually like your parents' involvement, but you're worried about what others might think? If so, sod them. Unless you think it's directly harmful to your career. Mum comments are something that everyone is sympathetic to as lots of people are facing the same issue as you and not all of the parents in question have the excuse of their grown-up child living abroad. In essence, I think openness is the way to be kind and you are perfectly within your rights to ask your parents not to follow you on Twitter. Just maybe talk to them before you block them. Our next question... Dear Viv, my cousin is getting married in July and wants my four-year-old daughter to be a bridesmaid. She sent me a link to the dress she wants her to wear with a sweet little note saying, I hope that's okay. The dress looks nice, but it's £80. Am I allowed to ask my cousin to cover the cost of it? Or in these kinds of situations, is it me that has to cover the cost? Oh, bless you, mother of the bridesmaid. I love the way you phrase this. In these kinds of situations, is it me that has to cover the cost as if there were some kind of etiquette that we're all supposed to subscribe to? I'm afraid that as far as I know, there isn't. And everyone has to muddle through these awkward situations as best as they can. The problem here isn't really the dress or even the cost of the dress, although I realise that the cost is what you think is your immediate problem. The problem here is that you and the bride have failed to discuss the parameters for the bridesmaid arrangement. (laughs) With hindsight, and isn't it easy to look at anything with hindsight, there should have been a conversation at the start where one of you said, can we just talk about who is going to pay for what just so that we're clear? I don't think you need to feel too uncomfortable about this. All that has happened is that a conversation that needed to take place has not taken place. So now you need to let it take place. 
I know you've written to me because you want to avoid confrontation and I suspect you wanted me to say, yes, sorry, you do have to pay for it, but let me give you £80 and that's not going to happen. Um, You need to say something, basically. I would do it on the phone or face to face. Write the words down first if you feel really awkward. We're really thrilled about the whole bridesmaid thing, but I just wanted to check who is paying for the dress. If you're feeling really brave, say... We were expecting you to pay. I hope there hasn't been a misunderstanding. Worst case scenario, the bride will be offended because she was expecting you to pay and you might have to be prepared to offer to meet some of the costs. I'd have a compromise in mind here. Could you contribute £20 or £40? Remember, though, there is genuinely no protocol here, although my assumption, I have to say, would be that if the bride chooses the dress, she pays for it. But I completely understand that not everyone might think that and it's much better to check and know what you're letting yourself in for. I really hope that your four-year-old daughter enjoys wearing this £80 dress. Perhaps afterwards, could you borrow it and wear it as a blouse? Do send us a picture. Our next question. Dear Viv, I have a colleague who keeps copying everything I wear. I don't buy a lot of things, but I'm very selective with what I do buy. I enjoy looking for something that is just right for me. And the fact that she just goes and buys the same after a few days drives me insane. She's constantly asking where I got this and that and commenting on every single new thing I wear. She's even bought two of the fragrances that I use. I can't help but get angry at her. But at the same time, I feel a bit silly for caring so much. What should I do? Oh, single white female, ahoy. You must have seen the film. It's been a while since I've seen it myself, but I seem to remember it starts with one woman copying another woman's hairstyle and clothes and culminates with her taking over the other woman's entire life and then basically eliminating her by killing her. Uh, So possibly count your blessings at this stage. Uh, But seriously, this is annoying. And you do see this happening a lot, I think. We've all had something similar to this happen. And we've seen it happen in other people too. Imitation is, of course, the sincerest form of flattery. It's also the most irritating. And in some ways, it's a compliment that this woman evidently wants to be your friend and be just like you. But we are not in nursery now, are we? And in the workplace especially, this behaviour is tricky to deal with. First of all... I think you need to remember that this is not about you, it's about her. And this woman is evidently insecure and looking for reassurance. I know it's difficult, as what she's done is extremely annoying, but try and stand in her shoes for a moment. I realise these might actually be your own shoes, as she's probably copied those too. Um, Personally, I I do feel very sorry for this woman, as what she's doing is is quite childish and embarrassing. Uh, But hopefully she's just going through a phase and will feel more secure soon and focus her attentions away from you. You probably don't have the option of turning up to work dressed as a gorilla to see if she will copy that too, but I would suggest a radical course of action. Can you find a way to keep out of her way for a while? Discreetly and without making a big deal of it. If you do need to be around her, could you maybe dress neutrally for a while? Don't wear anything new. Just give her a chance to find someone else to bug. Um, If this is impossible, say, for example, this woman sits next to you and you can't move or find a way to be out of the office for a while, 
then I am tempted to say you're just going to have to put up with it for a while and ignore it as best as you can. Try and focus on having some sympathy for this woman. She can't be going through a good time in her life. Getting angry won't help you, but you are not being silly. It's incredibly annoying behaviour, and as single white females suggest, it can have a creepy tinge to it. I hope you can find some space where you can be your own person, unobserved by your fashion twin, so that she can turn her flattering attentions to someone else. Our last question this week. Dear Viv, I've just broken up with my boyfriend and it was totally amicable. We want to stay friends. But should we leave a gap where we cut contact a bit to re-establish the boundaries? We've got lots of mutual friends and I'm not sure how best to deal with this. Hmm. It was totally amicable. We want to stay friends. Arguably, if you were totally amicable towards each other, you would not have wanted to split up. So beware here. We are in conscious uncoupling territory here, as Gwyneth Paltrow memorably put it. And we all know that euphemisms exist for a reason. They cover up bullshit. I am, however, the worst person to ask about this, I'm afraid, because I really don't believe in staying friends uh, once a relationship is over. But I do recognise it's a personal thing and I know plenty of people who have made it work. But I will be totally honest with you, I don't think people are often honest about why they're staying friends or what they're hoping for. The power dynamic in a friendship is never the same after those two people have had a relationship And whether you admit it to yourselves or not, there's always one person who had more desire to keep the relationship going than the other did. It's not a good basis for a friendship, regardless of how things were before you were together and regardless of how many mutual friends you have. So yes, I think a break might help so that you can both work out how you feel now that you're no longer together. Do remember, though, you have the option of not being friends at all, just in case when you say... I'm not sure how best to deal with this. You're actually saying, I'm not sure I really want to do this. There's no rule that just because you parted amicably, you have to actually be best friends afterwards. I think you need to find a way to leave your options open. Having been friends and then in a relationship, you've had two different kinds of relationship with each other already and you now need to have a third kind. What are you going to be like with each other now that you are each other's ex? It's not an easy relationship and I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone manage it in a meaningful way. So stay open to how your feelings are going to change and show Gwyneth Paltrow how it's really done. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we see you there. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.